And that's what happens when you let your therapist play hide the finger inside you. What right get your I'm feelings out. going? It's <laughs> not the therapist, that's the janitor. <laughs> same thing? He said he was licensed. It's, it's the same thing for me. I don't know who you guys' therapist is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He said therapy takes one half hour, maybe two, two half, half hour. Half hour. <laughs> I just have to check the inside of your mouth with my finger. The dirty finger? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's the number it's one. The one I just cleaned the toilet with. Yeah. If, if they don't wear gloves, that's your indicator. <laughs> that he's a good therapist. Yeah. Well, you know, with all the influx of Ukrainian immigrants coming over here because of the war, it's easy to find professionals that are getting low-paying jobs like janitors. So I just happened to find a new therapist that's also a janitor. I didn't check part-time, his qualifications, though. Part-time brain surgeon, part-time janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Some, somewhere, in <laughs> somewhere in the United States. Somewhere in the United States, that's real. <laughs> you just got to cut out the extras. Like, once your skull's open, there's no nerves inside there. So yeah. can't feel anything. Just, yeah, you don't need painkiller. <laughs> uh, God, there's some of the weirdest things you will find on YouTube. Those operation videos with like oh. the the patient sitting there. I'm going to play the flute while you operate on me. Okay, show off. Okay, look at you. <laughs> I feel like this is a snuff video. <laughs> it's like, and you mean Do you remember that old uh, PlayStation Two game that was all based on making a snuff film? No, uh, you wait, don't remember that, that game? The, the like prison uh, one? I never played uh, it, but I, think I can't it, say no. it was prison. But like, your family wait. gets kidnapped, and the only way you can get them back is by it's going through like <laughs> going through like all these little fucking missions where you just like every time you kill somebody, there's cameras watching. And there's like yeah, different I, levels of brutality you can do to the kills. Yeah, I think and like it was the like higher a, the brutality, the better the score you get, you know, to get your family back. I was think that's what I played when I was 12. Yeah, did you that's... disassociate some crime, Greg? Did yeah. you? <laughs> it wasn't a game. My life is a game, right? <laughs> it's a video game. Woohoo. <laughs> Wait, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> pan out none of us exist it's just greg <laughs> in, a, in a hospital room <laughs> it has to exist because that, right, so <laughs> that might be all right though that might be all right if i just come to and i'm just sitting there <laughs> who's who's the kid from terminator 2 that nobody likes Oh, oh God, John Connor, John uh, Furlong, Eddie Furlong. <laughs> yes, Eddie Furlong. he's yeah. in the movie that you are making up, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, he plays you. You're actually yes. Eddie Furlong. <laughs> Where's all the money? <laughs> that dude didn't make um, money. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie lost all his money, <laughs> all his money. But that it's cool. a lot because it was a one for one exchange for all his money. He got fat <laughs> and exploited. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and his face never aged, so he still looks like uh, that young he kid he like was in Terminator. He yeah. looks gross, gross. Eddie Furlong, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> that dude looks like he waits outside a public restroom. It's like, hey, I'm Eddie Furlong. Could I watch you go pee? <laughs> oh God. Okay. Oh God. the movie is called brain scan brain scan yeah it's got eddie furlong and he gets this video game and as part of the game like you go in and you kill people in the game like gives you missions and then uh when you do that uh then it's like, oh, you killed him in real life. So he starts wigging out that he's murdering all these oh. people anytime. But then the game's like, you can't get out of here. I'll kill everybody you live. So it's like <laughs> this weird, twisty thing. And then they have, um, to- they totally have the Dallas ending at the end. The video game was actually called Manhunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yep. came out, came out in 2003 on PlayStation 2. And they made this movie in 2005 because of that game. Oh. Say that's accurate. Oh, look at that. Uh, I watched so much dumb shit at work. And no, I played... this is this was a '94 movie, so this is a wow. mixing them up. Yeah, I yeah. played these shit out of this game, um, which oddly enough uh, tells us a lot about you, Greg. That's why you're damaged. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
(laughs) (laughs) I can elaborate. I'm not going to. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I I hope you do with your therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Oh, man. Yeah, how you guys doing today, man? Um, but, uh, I had a fucking long day. I'm exhausted. That's but the same here, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Dude, I have almost everything on my list, which is not good. That's You're not supposed to do everything on your list. I always highlight green, yellow, or red to take care of the, 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 priorities. Uh, the priority. But when you forget and you schedule multiple things on one day, you get what I like to call forced productivity. Yes. <laughs> in there and then now I'm gonna add some like heavy metal riffs. <laughs> Force productivity. This is what happens when you don't have an intern and you scheduled multiple interviews on the same day and you forgot about it. Because much like our friend Eric has ambient man, I have mismanaging man <laughs> takes my calendar <laughs> and doesn't add shit to it, but then adds just enough to get me in trouble. And then you have those like emails or phone calls. Can't wait for our talk. And I'm like, yeah, me either. <laughs> you sent the link. What link? We're supposed to be doing an interview. Today. Of course I did. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Podcast mode. Go. Hey, I was going <laughs> jumping through my ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mismanaging man is a piece of shit. And if I ever find him, I'm going to beat him down to a pulp. <laughs> you should journal about him. I do. Because now I have my 30-day um, habit journal that I'm dropping tomorrow morning. It was supposed to be tonight, but I am tired. It will not be happening tonight. But yeah, yeah, I completed the first... Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it for uh, for your approval, Paul. I re- Luckily, I woke up, re-edited it, found a lot of... Uh, uh, little issues but yeah our first 30-day challenge uh journaling pdf is about to drop um so if you're listening to this in the future it means i already dropped it and you have access to it and you you listen to this right now can start challenging yourself to journal and be a man of action journaling about your habits the good ones the bad ones and the new ones Action man, (laughs) be a man of action. (laughs) (laughs) Intro, intro by Chet Warmly, the world's foremost plumber. (laughs) We couldn't afford a bigger, (laughs) a better (laughs) figure person. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chet. I'm a plumber, but I'm really good at it (laughs) because I've got good habits. (laughs) Chet just finished up in Las Vegas too, right? He was there. Oh, but Chet, yeah, it's Chet uh, was in every yeah. every guy we saw. There was Chet. every 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 veteran has a bit of Chet in him. Um, Just a little bit. You can, you can be a man of action or a woman of action. Just download our uh, thirty day habit challenge and start reflecting on your poor habits. And is uh, Chet the, the maps doctor? Because that's that's the impression I'm getting. No, no, Chet's just oh. my alter alter persona for you know and older mid 40s gentleman who you know he got out of the military he was a great soldier but now he's working at a you know dildo factory as a mid-level manager and he's proud of it but at the same time he knows he can do more but god damn it if he isn't the best mid-level manager at a dildo factory heck yeah he talks like this because you know he smokes a lot of drinks somebody's got to control quality (laughs) He's the type of guy his kids like, hey dad, it's uh bring your dad to school day, talk about their jobs. Hey, I don't trust me, Junior. You don't want me there. No, Dad, I'm really proud of you. You you know, you're a good manager. Yeah, but you never really asked your dad what he does. I don't want to do it. No, please, Dad. Then he shows up. Class Legally speaking, of- son, I actually can't go to your school. <laughs> he he probably wants to do it and the kids won't let him. <laughs> let me <clears throat> let me introduce myself, kid. Name's Chet McFarley. Well, now I changed his name all over again. Let me, let me tell you where I met my wife. No, we don't we don't need that story. No, 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 no. You can just glance over that. <laughs> but god damn it, he's a man of action. You know, he's gotta feed his kids, pay the bills, and damn it, that's the best job he could find coming out of uh his military years. I've I've written a lot about this character. I'm really, really committed to Chet at this point. <laughs> I love Chet. <laughs> he's just, you know. He, he's he's everything that's gone wrong with us. <laughs> and, he's the he's the some dude, of the, uh, that... <laughs> the vet bro. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell so you you're something. saying I'm going to see him at Applebee's? <laughs> that's what you're telling me. Every on Veterans Day, there are two things you can count on: Applebee's 
and chat. <laughs> I'm going to run into chat in one week from today. Oh, you will. You will. Chet McNulty. He'll be at your local Applebee's. And everybody's going to buy me a drink. I mean, not everybody. Applebee's is just going to give me watered down alcohol, but you know. I served in the army. <laughs> oh, okay. Trump, you know, thank me. Thank me for my service. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Do it again. <laughs> Chet, make, I don't feel Make eye contact when you say it. Like, I don't. No. Yeah, no. Give me a picture. Huh? Course light. <laughs> all right. One, one frosty picture of <laughs> yeah. Chet. I got out beer. September 12, 2001. Couldn't have been better. Does, does Chet tell everybody he was an operator and he was a spec yeah. four? I was a special forces. I was, I was a spec four. It's, it's in the name specialist. Yeah, mm. you know, I, uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was a SF. Oh, special forces. <laughs> no, no. Security. Security forces. Yeah. Air Force. <laughs> I, I like how uh, Air Force security forces don't correct you. I was oh, SF don't. in the Air Force. Oh, you mean security force? Well, SF. Yeah, that's what that stands for. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> you you guess? Like, okay. <laughs> really love, and they're very comfortable with that very, that ambiguity of it. One of us yeah, is was, a dirtbag, <laughs> or one of us is more educated than we thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. Security <laughs> forces, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody once, hates you guys. I had a single a, tier. A, yes. <laughs> a security forces officer once told me. Oh, let me tell you, this is a prime, prime individual. They come up and they're like, yeah, you know, it's uh, us grunts. They don't get it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, man. Uh, what do you do? It's like security forces. We're, we're like the infantry of the Air Force. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Please. I'm intrigued. Tell me. Yeah, yeah just please elaborate. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I was the infantry of the army. I'd like to hear how that went for you. Those Bestow aircraft. upon me your knowledge. <laughs> you fly somewhere. Who you think is protecting them? Me and my dudes. You're going to want our security forces when you fly into your cush little airport. Huh? Because those are my aircraft, not protect. I'm the one that makes sure the right pilot gets through the right yeah. gate. All right. That's uh, very admirable of you. Let me tell you one time, I caught someone going over the fence. It was just a maintenance worker. I <laughs> shot him. <laughs> <laughs> Never did it again. Uh, I think you're. I think you're telling me about a war crime. <laughs> uh, that, that, sir, that that's a crime. Not nah, nah. so at international waters. <laughs> they actually chalked it up to a training accident because it wasn't actually a fence it was an <laughs> obstacle course <laughs> honest mistake <laughs> just just gunning down people at obstacle courses <laughs> yep I that was like security a, forces so uh that would be, <laughs> that would be yeah, a great obstacle board. though <laughs> so not 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 a not a cool dude bro story but um so when nixon died in afghanistan uh, the helicopters didn't show up when we wanted them to card play or whatever. And uh, we were all kind of butthurt about it. And they wanted, I mean, you know, whatever. Like if I look at the whole picture, they wanted it to be a clear, whatever. When they came in, I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to judge that. But we were pretty pissed. And I know we talked about uh, T-ping the Apaches on the flight line. And we put on our ninja silks and our baklakavas and Pearson's like, think about this. And we're like, the fuck are they going to do to us? And he was like, well, it's probably a bunch of National Guard kids with M16s who never got to shoot their weapons and they're never going to get to shoot their weapons. So if you give them the opportunity, they're probably going to kill you. <laughs> and it was like, what? And it's like, yeah, yeah, those guys are idiots and they're probably just going to kill you. And it's like, hmm, now that I think right, about it, I guess I guess it's a terrible plan. That's why you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll certainly kill you while they're protecting their aircraft on the ground. In the air, yeah. however, comma. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you what it's like to see a uh an, our own army air um crew chiefs. And I'm sorry. There I know there's some good ones, but let me tell you about the magnificent cowardly crew chief <laughs> that ever was. <laughs> it's like Hey man, you're gonna load that thing? Yeah, I'll load it. <laughs> Just like mid flight, just like you're ever gonna load that machine gun? Nah, yeah, I'll, I'll load it. <laughs> All right. If I need this, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, exactly. That's why I yeah. really, really wanted to be loaded. Yeah. Actually, like 
I don't I don't quite understand the breakdown here, but you're coming in at the, like the one minute and you see fucking RPGs coming up and you're like, would have been nice for you to actually have that loaded so you could shoot that way. It's just ah, no. this is just for show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, is that the kind of guy that would probably claim he works better under pressure? Oh, yeah. No, the, the best part, though, the best part, um, the after repeatedly always being like hey you gotta make sure your guys fucking lock and load their fucking their 240 like what the fuck's going on like you're gonna go into some fucking hairy situations they finally do it and we finally had they finally have a chance to redeem themselves of like not actually being able to engage after being fired upon in an aircraft and it's like vietnam reduced into like five minutes for a young kid and it's like, just fucking but the best part it's after after the entire mission is like you see like these kids come up and they're like knocking on the team room door like you know i was just wondering if uh, you guys would sign these paperwork it's so we can get our cabs <laughs> yeah it's like oh now it's important to have the ability to shoot back at the enemy of course what's your name Matt, timmy timmy rollerson okay timmy uh go Eat a bag of dicks. Here you can, go. Can we get a combat patch for SF? Because uh, we were we were supporting SF. We we really need that combat patch. Uh, if I you really guys get a unit award, I get it too, right? You see, what happened was I, I was supposed to be on that mission, but because uh, Timmy O'Toolahan took my spot, I wasn't there. So then, can I, by proxy, get my cab? Have you guys read Catch Catch 22 at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great book. So I love the fact that in that book, they call guys out for faking flight logs so they get their hours. Yeah. And I feel like that literally happened on deployments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it it, it really honestly, it's still relevant. It's still relevant to these day to this day. Uh, Well, I should say in the past, because now Afghanistan is over with. Oh, Um, we're killing somebody somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere soon. Yeah, Ukraine, <laughs> Ukraine, <laughs> Taiwan, Israel. We're gonna be killing somebody. I really feel like the person that pitches the next war walks into the Pentagon. All right, all right, great, clear, clear the boards. I got a great idea. What is it, Mitch? You sold us on Afghanistan. This one's better, Mitch. This one, everybody's Mitch. I don't know why. Twenty it's, more years. <laughs> think of it this way, guys. Years. What did everybody complain about? U.S. casualties. Yes, yes, of course. What are you selling us now? Think about this. We all get the money we want and no U.S. casualties. <laughs> Some assholes like, all right, you've you've got I'm my intrigued. attention. <laughs> you said my you favorite pray. word, which is money. <laughs> I, I twist my mustache. Yes, <laughs> I'm twisting. Speak, speak faster. Ukraine. What part of the world is that in? You know, is it near near other brown people? No, that's the best part. It's white okay. people this time. I don't hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Can we fly some brown people in? All right, all right, we'll fly some brown people in. Can we make fly it, uh... make it the brown people we don't like? Like like can we get some Iranians and Afghanis? Let's just mix them together. No, no, but how that's do we part of how, the plan? How do we know they're good Afghanis? Well the trick is American special forces trained these guys. <laughs> And the Russians are going to fly them in to kill the Ukrainians that the American special forces are oh. training now. Oh, dude. Uh, fun fact. Real story. Uh, right on the fucking that's, uh, on the tip. That's, that's real. That's a real thing? <laughs> it is. It is 100% real. Afghan commandos trained by U.S. special forces are deploying to Ukraine. And not on the side you'd imagine. No. <laughs> No, it's decided. No, they're yeah. fighting for the rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. the guys that were against. Yep, we thought. Yep, that's, yep. that's no. Right. It's yeah. You, you're probably thinking they'd be loyal, but the Russians offered them more money. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly. You're you're saying words you think would surprise me, and they don't it surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, but we I'm found out sure. they're really bad at hell, <laughs> fighting. Yeah, don't surprise me either. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that's um, it's, so the, good, it's not, the good ones got brought back to the U.S. It's not <laughs> funny, funny, but it's just the way NPR misses the uh, uh, just the subtlety, just just so <laughs> no. fucking retarded on this point. I love all things considered. I I love this American uh, life, uh, oh. but today 
listening to the morning and I listen to everything. I try to get like morning brief from like every source and try to piece together the reality of it because it is so fucking filled. It's so divided. You one station is just nothing but nonstop bashing one side and the other. But NPR yeah. starts talking about Afghanistan today. And, uh, you know, country I intimately know and have been there. Wow, and, and what, what have you done there? <laughs> you don't know. What have you done? But it's like today in <laughs> Afghanistan, Afghanistan is suffering more than ever with lower food and like the cost of fuel through the roof and uncertainty. I'm like, uh, okay. You do realize <laughs> it just goes on. We have never seen this type of, I'm like, oh my God, this is unprecedented in Afghanistan. I'm like, are you sure it's unprecedented? Just go back 20 years before the war and see what it was like with Taliban rule. <laughs> it's, it's never yes. been seen. It's like, oh, it has. And we tried <laughs> Nobody would have something. thought this group called the Taliban would yeah, be we, this we, we bad We tried for stopping the them, and, and you really didn't want us there to do our jobs, and you, you wanted us out, so here you go. It's like, what could have been done? We don't know what could have been done. It's like, well, now go to our men on the ground. Yes, here in Afghanistan, the, the, the situation is dire. Uh, no one could have foreseen what could have happened with the Taliban in control. It's just horrible. Nobody has food to eat, and there is no way we can sh- we can write this ship. And it's like you're just waiting for them to say, oh, please don't ask for anybody to come take the Taliban out of power. And it's like the Taliban has to be dealt with. And it's like, oh, God damn it. It's like we've tried this before, people. You didn't let us do our goddamn job. It's a uh, it's a constant. Uh, it's just a loop. It just constantly goes over and over again. It's uh, yeah. But hey, <laughs> they're just Iran's they're just going into another revolution. <laughs> yes, that's good for them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see how this one pans out. <laughs> Apparently, Islam's falling on its face over there. <laughs> <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. It's going to spread across the globe. At some point, we're all going to be collecting bottle caps and eating roach meat. <laughs> We're we're right at the cusp of nuclear war. <laughs> I heard about this new technology that kind of freezes time and allows you to target different body parts on people. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not going to get that part of Fallout. Um, what Damn we are going to get is uh, the irradi- irradiated remains of our loved ones. <laughs> I like this. I like where this is going. <laughs> Which... Uh, Reminds me of the, I don't know if you guys remember, it was like four or five months ago, New York aired a commercial on what to do in case of a nuclear emergency. And uh, Mm. God damn it, if it wasn't the funniest fucking thing ever. Because the first thing that happens, this (laughs) this lady walks in on screen and she says, so, there's been a nuclear war. War what never changes. <laughs> it's like, ah. no reason to ask why or how. We just know it happened. The first thing you need to do is go inside. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you're going to be insta-fried in New York City, where they're probably going to drop it. It's like, then it, then the, the best, the best, the best part is once you get inside, seal every door and window with tape. And then collect your supplies. Well, bitch, it's one or the other. Either I'm going to go out there and get supplies or I'm going to seal myself in. (laughs) I have to seal the windows before I collect my supplies, but the tape is in my supplies. No. Shit. (laughs) Then it's like, then remove all contaminated clothing and take a shower. (laughs) Stand by for the news to get more information. I'm like, I don't think you're going to have news (laughs) news <laughs> broadcasts <laughs> so i think i believe that's what i would call uh pacifying broadcasts yeah um like remember in basic when they're like in case of nuclear attack uh lay on your face and cover your balls yeah and it's yeah. like i i think it's like well if they don't know what to do and it's you know yeah. oh. out there is a family of uh it's, a, it's like the perfect diverse family that they show on disney movie like latino dad uh, half white, half Asian mom, uh, two kids in a wheelchair, one kid missing a leg, uh, a deaf and blind child, 
and then uh, a baby that doesn't know if it's a baseball bat or or a soccer ball and they're all planning for the apocalypse the way that the tv show or the commercial just announced the baby the baby doesn't know if it's a bat baseball well we can test some theories we're gonna get censored yeah you have to let the child choose if it's a baseball bat or a football tell me which one you like better kid you like being the baseball we're gonna get one shot at this (laughs) damn it paul you know you have to let him choose (laughs) oh oh so i wasn't on all things considered but i was on the state of things oh i'm looking for that broadcast yeah yeah it's the same thing it's just for north carolina yeah (laughs) i can't find the link though (laughs) i love i love how every morning alexis like hey uh, you can give me your address and I'll tailor your news report for you. I'm like, or the fuck I don't. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn smart computer. <laughs> nice try, Skynet. <laughs> the secret is she already has it. She just yeah, wants you like, to know. Oh, hi. What are you allergic to? <laughs> Dude, you're you're not going to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> don't worry. Everyone's Remind me again. Freeze. Did you have chicken pox? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, the latest craze about the corona or COVID fucking virus is that uh, apparently we're all supposed to forget the uh, the hate fuel rage that went on in the early... I, I love a good amnesty period. Are, are, dude, are you, are, are you seeing all those commercials too and uh, posts? You, you gotta give them credit. They didn't kill as many of us as off as they wanted to, so... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You know when I was shooting at you? I just want you to settle down and vote for me again. Okay? Just just calm down and reelect me. I won't do it again. Like, mm. look, it was some crazy times. You were right about how it got here. I was wrong about injecting a whole bunch of experimental stuff into your bodies. It got crazy, man. Like, yeah, I let you watch your family die from like four feet of plexiglass. But hey, tomato, tomato. Let's get over it. Did you really want to be that close to him anyways? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, nobody wanted to do that. Uh, Come on. Hey, we don't. We're not trying to kill off a large percent of the population. We tore down those giant stones. Hey, hey, that was all a joke. Dude, what was underneath the stones? Oh, I did not follow that, so I don't know. We got to find out. I, I really hope that there's like some sort of like amazing time capsule in there um i'm waiting yeah. for nicholas cage to bust through my door yeah was it were people trying to say that it was racist or something i didn't think i didn't understand that connection i mean it was like Guidestone. evolutionary racist uh it was like what do you call it time racist no it's like the idea that the the strong survive it's kind of like that baseline if like like people say evolution's not racist there's no racism in evolution. And it's like, well, the guy that wrote it was extremely racist. And the idea was the darker your skin was, the more inferior you were, the more you were going to die off. So evolution by that eugenics? judgment is is racist. Um, it's not eugenics because they were just talking about wiping, maintain humanity under 500 million. Yeah. Perpetual cool balance of nature. Guide reproduction wisely. Improve yes. fitness and diversity. That's eugenics. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you're, you're actually defining eugenics. <laughs> yeah, that's rule, passion, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule eternally. It don't really work if you're doing these things. Um, and all disputes will be solved by a world court. Avoid petty mm-hmm. laws and useless officials. Ooh, really? that we need. That we really? need. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, Ooh. beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature and leave room for nature. Yeah, yeah it seems racist as fuck. No. <laughs> it's not racist. We're, down. <laughs> we're just letting the strong people live. Hey, I'm. I'm, oh. I'm I hate to say it, but um, don't say it then. I hate to say it. We can it. edit. So don't say it. We can edit. I hate to say it. But I'm gonna say it. If you're left-handed, you gotta fucking go, man. Dude. That's an abomination. 
You better learn how to use that right hand, son. <laughs> That's the movie I want to hey, see. <laughs> hey, I use my right hand. It's called The Stranger. <laughs> That's in a world. You can do a stranger with the right hand, <laughs> too. You just got to lay on it and let it go numb. That's The Stranger. Yeah. That doesn't work. Then it's like this. It's just. Yeah, it did, no, you just form it with your other hand and then you just let it go. I call that stranger danger because I grip too hard then. (laughs) (laughs) Had an experience the other day where a partner was like, hey, if I squeeze this real hard, that'll be cool, right? And I was like, the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I thought, yeah, no, don't, please. (laughs) Please, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, which brings me to uh today's real topic. Um <laughs> It's the worst segue ever. Yeah, it's a perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> codependency. <laughs> codependency is like a stranger. <laughs> mm, I think I like where this is going. I think of all um I I I think certainly there is argument to say that the military and the lifestyle can prime you to be codependent when it goes, when it comes to relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the demographic too, the people that, that saw the, the main, the main demographic of people that seek to join the military, I would say a lot of them have that as part of their uh, childhood trauma. That's just my uh, two cents in the matter because the more I dig into this, the more I talk to people and certainly I've dealt with it and I've seen it a lot and I recognize that it stems from our life as civilians. So it's young kids um, and trauma we endured. And the the longer you go without talking and dealing with it and seeking help, the more destructive it gets. Um, It's really toxic. It's really fucked up. And yeah, today, uh, today was actually one of the first days that I, I journaled solely on that topic, you know, decided to write it out, just kind of uh, retrace my footsteps. Yeah. Um, which I spent some time, you know, kind of studying a bunch of shit about codependency, you know, perusing as much as I could just to get the best understanding I could. Then decided to start journaling. And yeah, I mean, that's, I, I you know, any issues I have, I can take it all the way back, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that um, that link link to that. Um, it's it can start when you're when you're a kid, man. It can start when you're a child, um, early years when you're dating in high school, feeling that. And it's not the same for everybody, but just those first relationships, those for- formative relationships, where you feel like validation through a relationship. Like, and if you don't figure that out and understand that you're you find your worth as just in who you are and you always attach it to a relationship the older you get and the further you go in, in life and getting engaged getting married and it gets harder and harder and harder to deal with and to identify it within your own um behavior um because there's there's that the first thing that i always try to tell people when they're going through a breakup or going through like a hard time transitioning from being in a relationship or a marriage and being single is like, hey Take this time for you. Develop you. Start talking to your therapist. Get into therapy and start peeling back this layer this of, of who you are and why you feel like you've been going from relationship to relationship to relationship because there's a lot of pain and a lot of healing that's got to go on. But it's a lot easier just to go back to your behavior, just to go back to like, man, fuck up. This is, it feels good to have somebody who likes me, that validates me, that tells me I'm a good person. Like, no, like, fuck that. I don't want to do self-work. I don't want to reflect. I don't want to, this is hard. Or, or we say, oh, I'm good now. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've worked through this. So clearly I'm good. And it's like, no, dude, like it's, you have to be committed to you. And that means not being in a relationship. Cause when you're in a relationship, you're not focused on you. You're not working on you. And we don't attract the right people. We tend to attract yeah, that, somebody uh... that's going through the same same journey or has the same faults and they, they, uh, doesn't work. I've never seen that work. That's a really bad, those are two, two wrongs don't make a right. And one of the uh, things for, that I'm seeing is, uh, depending on 
the the level of codependency that you deal with or that you're you're struggling with, uh, you will very easily overlook those those red flags. Um, I guess the best way to put it is it's very hard for you to put up. Uh, what do you call them? My brain is is shutting down now. Uh, like your boundaries, boundaries, yeah. right? Boundaries, yeah, yeah. It's hard to establish boundaries for yourself when your primary focus is, regardless of how toxic the relationship can be, it's better to have somebody than to have nobody. So you will yeah. overlook those boundaries. You will never create them. You know, and even the the biggest ones that, you know, most people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, like if if my partner ever cheats on me, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Bring, you know, uh, depending on how bad it is, mic. I'll bring my mic closer to me. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Um, what we what we'll do is, you know, we'll overlook those things that we normally would see as that big red flag and that big boundary and be like, you know what? I I've got nobody else right now. And without this person. I'll be completely alone and fuck that. I'd rather be miserable than alone. Yeah. You know, and that's a, yeah, that's, that's a big problem with it. You know, you, you get so codependent on having somebody in your life that you just say, fuck it. I'd rather and be no miserable matter, than alone. Yeah. I'd rather be miserable than alone. Yeah. And that's, that's it. the other thing that really fucking sucks about codependency is you have great traits. You have great things about you you're a great person you 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 are you have that mask you're well put together people are attracted to you it's easy for you to get out of a relationship and then you attract somebody that is well adjusted well taken care of and they don't see uh the trauma they don't see what you are going through they don't see the codependency and then you drag that person down and you can be that toxic person in their life because you just can't fucking take time away to fix yourself. And the thing that sucks is if you're that codependent person with a lot of baggage, a lot of un, you know, unworked and undone uh, trauma, you get in that relationship with somebody that's really square the fuck away, really good, genuinely a good person the odds are that you're going to affect their mental health and you're going to eventually get to the point where they're going to see through that and be like, what the fuck? Like, this is not the person that I thought I was getting with. This is not the person. And if they're lucky, they don't find themselves too attached and too engaged and they can break away from you. And I'm speaking from being the fucked up one. Like, it, it yeah. is not a good thing to look back on your life and say, wow, like I was super fucked up. I was super, so fucked up. And I wanted to have that security of having someone in my life to make me feel good because I, I couldn't do that for myself. And that's why I always tell people the best thing you can do for you and for your future of being that husband, being that father is be alone. Being alone isn't, you don't have to attach that as being a bad thing. Learn to to figure out who you are. Work through your problems. The greatest thing that could have ever happened to me was being a shitty husband and being a shitty boyfriend and understanding that, wow, I've got to fix my shit. I got to figure out who I am. Like, even when I met my wife, like, even though I wasn't um, 100%, I'd worked through some, some pretty good shit that was really fucked up in was destroying my life, destroying my relationships with, with other uh, uh, women. Like that's, that's a reality of it. If you don't stop and get to know who you are and be comfortable with being alone, you're never going to have a real life of like being fully fulfilled. You're going to constantly ruin relationships and ruin people. And it's, and you're not going to be aware of it because the longer you go doing this, the more it's easier to just say, man, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with me. It's okay for me to jump from one relationship to the other. It's totally fine. Fuck that. It's, I'm a good it's person. All them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it's them. fuck them. Well, it's all I, just, them. It's I attract all, them. all the wrong people. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, no. you're attracting for, for, like I said, either you're attracting fucked up shitty people just like you, or you have a mask that's really fucking good 
and you have and there are some good characteristics i wasn't a piece of shit all the way around like there's there's some good parts of me yeah, there's you're some not, good parts yeah. of you but the parts that fucking steal your life and steal your joy the big component of that is your codependency and you got to work through that shit like you don't need to be worrying about what your wife or girlfriend's doing 24 7 you don't need to be that paranoid guy that's always anxious about does this person love me or care about me like if you feel that way and you're going through that you have got to work through that shit like and that's where guys that are even starting their journey i i will say this like they there's a difference between being vulnerable being open and then just over fucking sharing you know like you get to that point where it's just one little thing happens and you have to explode all your fucking problems out when, and you then know, you're to try and validate your feelings like, oh, I feel this way because of all this shit versus just having a normal conversation. You know, well, then you're, you feel like you're sharing feelings and I feel yeah. like I've you're not sharing feelings. You're trying to get people to take your side. You're telling yes, yourself yep. it's your feeling. Yes. But really, yep. you're trying to say, think that what you're trying to manipulate people is what you're trying to do. Yeah. And, because and you might not doing. realize Yep. And I heard this. So I watch all my true crime crap, which is super mentally healthy. And you have um, to be careful with what you consume, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's not healthy at all. But um, so I was watching this this really great case. And I'll summarize fast just for sake of time. But so this no, Native American time, dude shit. was super uh, grew up Native American reservation, a lot of violence, uh, a lot of drug use, a lot of alcohol abuse, dating a girl, Hispanic girl whose brother had OD'd. She grew up in LA in a very gang culture lifestyle. And what had happened, the case was he had murdered her. He had shot her in the head and he was trying to explain to the cops, like I didn't shoot her in the head, but they had this relationship that was extremely volatile where it's that we need each other. We get together. We fight. We need each other. We get together. We fight. She attacks me, call the cops. She goes to get jail. We get back together. I attack her, calls the cops. And it was just a cycle, an insane cycle. And any of us go, that's insane. But um, usually I listen to these J, I think it's Jim Can't Swim, JCS inspired things. And they break down the psychology behind it. This Indian dude was the one doing it like a national Indian, right? So mm-hmm. he's talking about the process and he goes, it was, a, it was awesome. I almost sent it to you guys, but it's a two and a half hour video. Um, and it was just really the three minutes that made sense. But he's like, they're not in love. People believe this is love. They are addicted to each other's trauma. He grew up with trauma. He grew up with inconsistency. He was in prison. He got out and he looked for that. He met a partner who grew up in trauma, who just lost her brother, who lost a male role in her life. She found a new male person to fill that role who did not meet her expectations or satisfy her or take her problems away. He found a woman who would love him for who he was as broken as he was. And then they felt drawn. They said, you know, all the fun Joker Harlequin stuff, our crazies match. You know, we've got the same demons. And the guy narrating is like, no, they have psychological trauma and they need help and they need therapy and they're toxic for each other. And it resulted in death. And his view was this will always result in death unless you break it off. And he goes, but the reality is most people, once they break it off, they just go find the next person that matches the same thing. And then they yeah. go, why do I attack cra- attract crazy? Cause you're not fixing you. You're not going, yeah. I've got issues. Why am I trying to meet my needs with yeah. what people are broken everywhere? They can't fill you. So you have to go, how do I fill myself? How do I find that peace? How do I accept myself, love myself, where I am and go forward from there versus Denny, you know, you're not around, you're busy. I don't feel loved by you. So now I'm, I'm on the outside. No, it, you weren't supposed to fill that role. I'm supposed to find out how to fill that role and find the healthy thing to do that. And if I can't manage my emotions, then I need to go, Hey, Paul, this is a gap. You got to get some tools, yeah. man. Cause this is not true. And you feel unloved and people love you. So let's start speaking. I don't know. It was, it just blew my mind. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I wish I could just, I wish everybody could understand the story and I could send everybody this two minute snippet instead of the whole, whatever. But it's I was absolutely, like, Holy cow, dude, that is spot on. That's the absolute truth on that. And we see that couple, we see those couples in the military all the time, everywhere, fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. But the moment something happens, it's like, that's my man, that's my woman, blah, 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 like thick or thin. And they always have the weirdest, weirdest Facebook timeline, with the stupid, stupidest, cheesiest fucking things posted on it. Delete everything. Like, Let's delete yeah. all of our history because we hate each other now. But now we're back yeah. together after two weeks. Now we're back like, together. 
and everybody's no. like, you guys aren't healthy. And they're like, you don't understand this. You don't you know understand. what I mean. It's like Bonnie and Clyde. That's fucking gross. That's abuse. You're, you're dude, doing and, it to each other. Bonnie and Clyde have an amazing story. They were extremely psychotic and codependent. Bonnie yep. got off by somebody needing her. She was sexually aroused because someone needed her. And then she was drawn to violence because just like all these addictions, I believe yep. violence just fuels and gets worse and worse and worse. And Clyde had extreme issues with any kind of authority figure. He was an extreme rebellion. He was psychotic. He just wanted to destroy stuff. And because of her messed up background, she was attracted to him. And yep. people are like, that's that's the best love story ever. That's like Robin Hood. No, no man, these are toxic people murdering people across the country. And you're glorifying that. It's because you're broken. And instead of going, why am I drawn to that? Yeah. What's going it on is, with me? It, exactly. And and the other thing, and I, this is a fun factoid that people don't know about uh, Clyde that is really fucked up. He had a foot fetish. He was one of the first people to develop uh, foot porn. Just not just throwing it out there. A little fun factoid. It's completely false. Just made that up dude the guy had but issues man he did i believed you i know i'm good at that i'm good yeah, at that very but good the, the thing is we we have this media that propagates this lie and holds it up that yeah it's cool to be toxic with each other it's like no and it's also not cool to break off from a relationship and then transfer right into another one but we normalize it we normalize it like it's something that we need to validate who we are no the greatest thing the greatest and most painful tool you'll ever have in life is that fucking divorce or that um, long-term relationship that comes to an end. Take that time. Walk away from dating. Understand what you did wrong. Don't wait four or five years to get the fucking message. Don't wait to be married. I, I, I love... I love all my friends, everybody that I'm close to, but I have some friends that have been married not once, not twice, not three times, five, six times. And every single fucking time, it's like, what are you doing? The hole and the pit that's inside, she's never going to fill it. Mm-mm. Whatever, Whatever's inside you that you have to heal, you have to do that shit on your own. And you're actually you causing can't. damage by bringing her into it and expecting her to heal it. You're putting a, a weight around her neck that she can never lift. Exactly. And you're setting her up to fail and feel like less of a person, and you're creating more emotional abuse for her in the end. Absolutely. And I was telling, um, fuck, who was I talking to? The the, and this goes back to wearing that mask and being because like we're high performing individuals. If you're in the military, you're you're in this environment where you're doing great. It's a it's a shiny badge of honor. People see that, and you develop this mask where you can sell yourself this great great being, this great person. And you you will attract somebody that's great and wonderful and is a go-getter and it's a fucking your uh your your alpha female that wants to have a great life and a great passion and, and has the ability to maximize your life to be that complete partner you need. Yeah. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna fucking drive her to the fucking grave if she doesn't wake up and say, you know what? Fuck this. I got a life. I have dreams. I, I have I have a mission that I want to accomplish and you're fucking dragging me the fuck down because you're not healing. They can sit there and give you the guidance that says like, Hey, something's wrong. You need to go get help. And if you really love your spouse and these, what we're talking about resonates with you, go get fucking help, go get fucking help. And it's that fucking simple. I think when I grew up, like the church move was kind of like, Hey, get married. You know, if you can't abstain, get married, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then like, oh, there's somebody out there for you. Kind of the I kiss dating goodbye, like pray about it. God will send you somebody. And the places I'm in now, the information is don't wait. You're not waiting for the perfect somebody. You're not trying to find the person that completes you. You should be working at being the best person you can be. You should be working on you and saying, am I a good partner? Am yeah. I somebody that someone would want to be connected to for the rest of their life? And I was like, dude, that's. That was not the message I had growing up, like no, for whatever I, reason. And I can't and believe that it's advanced and that's a message now. That's that's, that's huge. My mind. That's huge. And that's and and I'm like, dude, that is awesome. Like, and I, you know, been married going on 20 years, and I wish I had that message growing up. I would yeah. have been a better partner for 20 odd years, you know. And you can't, you got to pick up where you're at. You can't beat yourself up. But at the same time, it's like, man, I really, I, I like you said, you know, you wronged the person you love. And you're yep. like, man, I really created it. And, and, you know, everybody has their part, like both parties. 
but you can't yes. fix them. That's not your job. But you look at you and go, hey, what do I own in this? What am I responsible for? What did I feed into? Yeah. And what it's, am I, you know, that self-assessment. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. Yeah. The, the biggest, the biggest fault that I see in our, our demographic of guys is being too fucking scared to walk a path that doesn't include a, another human being right next to you. And there's no excuse. There's no fucking excuse for it. You say you want to live this life of being a fucking ultimate warrior, this fucking badass, this fucking true stoic person. Motherfucker, that comes with a lot of self-reflection. But I got a crazy thought for you, because what if what if they want that because it's a form of romanticism? And granted, they can meet that and they can they can grow into that role, which is outstanding. But really, they're following a romanticized ideal of what that is. And so yeah. with that, if that's what you're chasing, right? then that makes sense why you're like, I'm not anybody unless I'm in a relationship. Because I would say, dude, 80s, 90s was huge on the romance movie, right? The Hugh, yeah. uh, whatever. Like, hey, you know, you're really, you're who you are when you're with somebody. That's what complete, when, when she completes me. No, nobody completes you. Nobody like, that's completes the wrong you. answer. If I get this, if I get this beret, if I get this accomplishment, then I'll be completed. No, you won't be. And then you'll get there and you'll be like, what is, what's next? What, what do I yeah. do now? What is yeah, it always purpose? leaves you one more. But you have to, you have to be willing to be brave and bold enough to say, I'm going to be alone. I'm not going to date. I'm not going to even engage in flirtatious talk. And it's not something to be sad about. It's not something yeah. to be depressed. And, and, and I know, I know intimately it's okay in a hundred percent more than okay to just be by yourself to learn who you are to figure out like what you like to do figure out how to occupy your own space if you can't stand being in a room by yourself and you constantly have to fill the air with noise whether it's a tv or a radio or in my case talking to yourself in crazy voices pause think about that think about the reason why silence feels so uncomfortable to you spend an entire day just by yourself outside Go to a meal by yourself. Go to the movies by yourself. Go to the coffee shop by yourself. When I say this right now, that sounds like it sounds so easy. But for the longest time, I couldn't do that. It was so fucking nerve wracking, so anxious going to a coffee shop, go, going to get a meal by myself, sitting in a restaurant. A true testament. And we always criticize. We always joke and make fun of people who do that. Now I understand how fucking powerful of a statement that is. I don't fucking need somebody next to me. If I'm going to, if I want to go to this restaurant and I'm, my wife's at work or doing something, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get the meal that I'm craving. I'm going to do the thing that I want to do for me. I go to yeah. the coffee shop regularly to study or read. I go to Barnes and Noble by myself to check out the new book that I'm waiting to see. Cause sometimes it's better to go in person, have it in your hand and read that little beginning. And it's empowering. There is a power to just being you and owning your own space. And you don't have to search for validation in another woman, another person, or, for, or another man. You don't have to do that. There's a better life for you. And if, you, if this trend started for you as a child, as a teenager, always dating, always dating, you never knew who the hell you were. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would seriously argue that. You've never known who you are because you filled the entire time with reaching out to somebody, having the call and having to have that, oh, yeah, you doing? How's it going? Whoa. Be alone. Challenge yourself to be alone. Look at it and own it. Own that fucking mistake. I, I want to point out that even when you're trying to do the whole be alone thing, put your fucking phone away. Like that's not alone. If even if it's silence, if you're just sitting there scrolling fucking social media, trying to just browse everything and see what everybody else is doing, that just distracts you from from your reality. And that's, that's one thing that I've been doing is, you know, when I am having that alone time, like I can't, it doesn't feel the same. You know, like if I'm sitting there on Instagram, fucking scrolling reels and shit like that, that's not me just being alone. That's not me being with me. That's Let's me just escape. It's, it's, it's really yeah, escape. you're escaping. Yeah. Yeah. You're just keeping yourself distracted. Yeah. No, like there's, there's so many, so many things you can do in learning how to be comfortable with yourself. Just being that space, and, and more people working need to on do my it. bow. <laughs> like, 
and and it's it's a hard concept to tell somebody because the human condition tells you that you want to connect and you want to be with somebody but connection doesn't mean a, a sexual attraction or romantic attraction Con- connection is being with your friends doing this yeah you can have all of that what you don't need is to tell yourself you need to be in a relationship or prime and um take advantage of someone and prime them to be in a relationship grooming them to be your girlfriend um because that's a predatory thing it's a gross thing and that's I yeah see people it's do it very disgusting it's like oh you know i'm going through a hard time and you develop that friendship you develop that uh that sort of support structure and then well now i'm gonna pounce because i'm, I'm gonna bail out of this other relationship um and even you know it's it doesn't seem like it's so bad but for those people that you know that part of that grooming is just constantly reiterating the same things like what you expect in a relationship and it's almost just a, a repetition that you just pounded into their head you know and you you yeah. do other little things to grab their attention you know and then you just keep talking about what you expect and you talk about your boundaries and all that shit you know that's another way to just kind of yeah. inadvertently you're just you're grooming like if you're doing that shit you're grooming and you're you're still focusing on all the blame and all the faults being on yeah. the other person. Not homie. 100%. Nah, like there's analyze and own own your fuck ups. Like I I am not a testament to the greatness of how to be a great I can't write a book on how to be the bit the best husband, but I can write a book on how to be the, the biggest and worst fucking piece of shit husband you can find. Uh, and that's a useful tool too. Um, with contributing writer Greg. Yeah, it it's and and I I don't I don't pull any punches. I I want this to be authentic and be true. Like when you go into a marriage, you should go into it feeling like you are 100% ready and you know who you are. Not having like it's it's worse to have doubts about understanding who you are. Like, don't do that. Don't commit to a marriage or a long-term relationship or, like, engage to somebody yep. when you don't know who the fuck you are and have your shit figured out because you're going to be a shitty fucking husband. I know this because I, I, I own the jacket. I own the jacket. I have the pin, the, the little fucking club jacket. <laughs> like, you lettered? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, you know, looking back, it, it's... And and I don't say it to like to brag about it. This is not me brag about being such a piece of shit. This is me hoping that it resonates with somebody that's either struggling in their marriage and they can salvage it, or somebody that's about to make a big mistake and hurt somebody or uh, hurt themselves. Because there are a lot of men who attract really awesome, amazing, strong women because they have a mask and they show this up. Uh, great competency for being this fucking super awesome super mil superhero in the military great fucking dude but uh you don't put all all you don't show everything you don't demonstrate that future partner that future wife all the shit you're dealing with and if you were able to lay it all out and really show all that fucked up shit um they might have some reservations i'm not saying they're gonna walk away but they might say something like hey before we get married before we take this next uh, leap forward, let's get your shit figured out. Let's mm-hmm. figure out who you are. Let, let's get you some help. Let's figure out how we can get you to be the best version of yourself because I already, I'm already the best version of me and I can't make... I, my purpose in life is not to make you a better person. Like We're supposed to be coming into this as a team. And when you take advantage of somebody for so long and you do that in a marriage, it's fucked up, man. And a lot of people mm-hmm. get hurt. You have kids. Think about your kids. Think about when you when you finally put somebody through too much and they 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 have to leave. Don't let that be your future. Get to know who you are. Do the hard work now. Put the investment. It's like retirement. Um, but emotional retirement. By the time you get to your marriage, by the time you get to that that perfect person, you want to be set in understanding who you are. Yeah, there's gonna be shit that you gotta still grow and work with. When I met my wife, I wasn't my my fucking wife right now. When I met her, I wasn't the best fucking person, but I was a lot better than I was during my first marriage. 
I had gone through some shit. I have figured out that I was a piece of shit and I needed to fix some things. And thank God I did because a lot of the issues that we still had to work through, they didn't involve the codependency. They didn't involve me not knowing who the fuck I was and have this like crisis of, of all the trauma I was carrying around. I had a lot of other issues, but I at least had that one checked and understood that I don't need this person to make me fucking whole. I don't need, I don't need this human being to make me be a better person. And that's something that was sold to us. And, and, and you take on this idea when you're a kid growing up and in relationships. Um, so yeah, that's today's serious topic. Fix your shit. <laughs> More of the story. Fix, yeah. fix yourself. Fix, fix your shit, man. No one wants to go through divorce. And divorce is a, it's, it's a it's a very viable option. It is when you've it been is. doing and going through the same fucking nightmare over and over again. But before you jump into that next fucking relationship, fix your shit. At least the shit that makes you codependent. And that's even for the the person that just got, you know, barrel rolled and, and just got to the point where they just had to walk away from that person who hadn't, you know, who needs to fix their shit. You're also going to have to take some time to, to heal. heal. Yeah. You know, both sides got to heal. Well, sometimes, <clears throat> like, you break your arm, you got to go get it set. Yeah. You don't do that on Re- time. Sometimes it's got to get re-broken. And yeah. sometimes it's got to have mm-hmm. a clean break so it can be something better and heal yeah. to what it's supposed to be. And yeah, man, none of that stuff's fun, but sometimes you got to go Necessary. backwards to go forward. Yeah. Yep. And it, that's, that's the beauty of time. It's our most precious resource and it heals. Just got to give it some time. Every day. We'll I wrote get that better. down today. Every uh-huh. day we'll get better. Just give it time. One foot in front of the other. And be an honest broker with yourself. Be willing to admit the hard truths. I fucked up. Okay. We all do. Let's move forward and heal. And it's okay to. Yeah. That's my stupid stuck point right now. It's like, yeah, other people can fail and I need to know that. But she's like, the question is, okay, do you believe that? Like, no, not for myself. Like, you can't let yourself fail. You got that's to. a cop well, that's, out. You got <laughs> like, to give yourself some grace. Man. Yeah. So it's look at it, Exactly. Like. You learn more from the times you fall down. Like I said, I wouldn't have known about the importance of, I wouldn't know how to be a a good husband if I wouldn't have fucked up everything. And God, I truly believe, and there's whatever your beliefs are when it comes to God and religion, lean on that as well. Because I know that there's a purpose to everything. There was a lot of pain going through my divorce. There's a lot of growth and a lot of fucking analysis and reflection, but I truly believe that now where I'm at, God gave me that as an opportunity to come back, being able to to talk through this and tell people, you can do better. Learn from my mistakes, learn from my journey. Like anybody out there that's going through the same shit, hit us up, talk to us on the podcast or go to the website. Um, We're very open. I'll tell you everything about what I've learned, everything that I fucked up, because you're going to learn more from what I did wrong than what I'm doing right. And and yeah. honestly, the easiest thing when it comes to being a good husband, it's super simple. It's so simple that as long as you take care of all the shit that you shouldn't be doing about yourself and fix yourself, the external parts of how to be a good husband are so fucking simple. So fucking simple. Put the toilet seat down. Buy her everything that she wants. <laughs> Puppies. Fucking remember dates. Use an iPad and plug that shit in. Clean the bathroom. So, Do the laundry. So another cool tip I learned uh, earlier this year. So, you know, again, depending on what your worldview is. Yep. But the idea of marriage is in let's go through this chaos together. Right. Cause like, then why get married, live together, whatever. Yeah. So there's gotta be something more. And that teaching I went through was basically like, Hey, the point of marriage is so you can lift your partner up to accomplish all the things they were made for, get to know them, get to know who they are as a person, help them unlock that potential and not like do it for them. You don't have to, but, but champion them, like cheer them yes. on, be that person. That's like, Hey, 
And if all you're doing is relating, hey, my day sucked today, your day sucked today, uh, and then you get six months down the road and you're like, man, what happened? It's because you're not filling. And again, you're not fi- supposed to fill each other up. You're not responsible for that person's happiness. But yeah. you're supposed to bring your best to the table. And worse, too, like that mixes in. But the end state is that you're trying to make each other better, meaning you're trying to help each other go through stuff. You're trying to accomplish goals together. It's supposed to be a team thing because if it's not that, then, you know, why drive each other crazy? It's really not worth it. If if your goal isn't to succeed together, then you're just addicted to each other. You're just really comfortable with each other. You just want each other there, but you don't really want to sacrifice or help grow with each other and then what's the point then right you're not going to get anywhere you're just going to be miserable you're going to make each other miserable yeah absolute truth man so yeah the moral of the story is um you're going to do better if you focus on you put more time and effort learning who you are fixing your issues getting the help you need before you go after um that happy ending with the perfect spouse guy or girl um because you deserve it you deserve to have that long lasting marriage that is more like a best friend and a wonderful companion um that you can also do sex stuff with so because that's fun sex stuff is good it's good it's good (laughs) oh god it's been a good time um check our website um check out our new book recommendations we've got we've updated it we've added some more books and download our free 30-day challenge journals uh the first one that's going to be available is our 30-day habit journal uh because journaling is one of the few things that has been proven that help you regardless if you're getting treatment right now or um just waiting to figure out if therapy is is right for you which i i'm firm believer it is but try this journaling try the 30-day habit and uh, we'll be releasing these uh, um, every every month. So I'm writing the amazing talk about low price having multiple three fifty uh, for now. Multiple modalities. Yeah, journaling in conjunction with everything else yeah. is a beautiful thing. It is. It's fun, and the more you write, the more you analyze what you're going through. And I'll, I'll say this: um, if you don't like it, fuck you. You're wrong. Security home.